from in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. This week, we found out that the Southern Baptist Convention protected and supported abusers for over 20 years. They silenced and discredited victims, all while asserting a special calling from their deity. Why didn't the Christian deity stop the abuse? Why does he just sit there and watch? For the same reason he allows children to be gunned down in his own house, because he's not real. Christians speak of the overwhelming protecting power of their loving father figure, and yet when his protection is needed most, when children are raped and shot in his churches, he's unable to help out. Free will keeps him from stepping in and saving them. At the time of this recording, it is May 25th, 2022, and yesterday a colossal piece of shit slaughtered 19 children at an elementary school in Texas. I'm filled with both rage and grief. I can't even imagine what those families are going through. Conspiracy nut and confused potato, Congresswoman Marjorie Greene's response to this horrific tragedy was that we all need to return to her deity, as if her deity provides any sort of special fucking protection. If their invisible friend can't even stop children from being raped and shot in his own house, what makes them think he gives a shit about any of them? Daniel 4, 35, all of the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of earth. Why would anyone want to worship such a monster? Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. What do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is Christian podcaster, Dami Lola Agantoyanbo. Welcome to the show, Dami. Nice to, nice to be here, Michael. Nice for you to drop by. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, Wealth in Christ. Um, so Wealth in Christ is a podcast that's here to inspire the masses that it's possible to be financially free um, without compromising your faith. You know, for adults who are listening, I'm 24 year old. And as growing up in the church, oftentimes talking about finance has been something that's frowned upon off. You know, oftentimes people quote the scripture, um, 1 Timothy 6.10. But the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. And, you know, as for young age, as I can remember, I've always had a strong interest into finance, you know, wanting to build my finance, you know, have multiple business and things of that sort. But every time I, you know, talk about it in church, you know, that scripture is always like, oh, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You know, it's hard to do that. And they bring up the story about the young, the rich young prince, um, you know, who Jesus told to sold everything. And, yeah. you know, that kind of discouraged me. And, you know, while in high school, I did have a candy business, you know, where I was selling candy and things like that. So, so it was like, I kind of took, like, I'm like, let me still figure this out on my own. So I you know, took the step out and, you know, and did that. Um, and that went well. And, you know, I still had this desire that I can still mix fate and business. I could, I didn't have to choose either one. Huh. And, you know, I guess 
I guess what happened was, you know, before the pandemic, I started spending more time in the Bible, you know, 2019, 2018, I started spending more time in the Bible trying to understand what does the Bible actually says about wealth. And to find out, you know, there's over 2,000 scriptures that's related to the Bible, you know. There's a lot, yeah. Most common scriptures um, that Solomon wrote, which is one of the wisest men in the Bible, and also one of the richest men in the Bible. Um, I believe it's Proverbs 13, 22, you know, good men leaves inheritance for his children. You know, and when I when I read that, it was like, okay, you know, in order to build that kind of wealth that he's talking about, you need to invest, you need to do all these things. You read a bunch, you read throughout Proverbs, the, the all 31 chapters, you know, it has some business, you know, concept you can take from it. Um, even Paul himself, you know, when they asked him in regards to him taking money from the church, he said that he rather work with his hands. And he's, you know, he's not against for those who want to get compensated for the work they do in church, but he had to work with his hand. And, you know, just looking at our Lord and Savior, you know, he made tents, you know, all these other disciples, they did things to help their ministry. And when you think of Christianity as a whole, um, in order for it to get to the point where it is, there had to be some type of money involved, you know, whether it was money to print the Bibles, money to... <laughs> Um, yeah, you go to church, these, the pastor always seems to need money. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so you know, the pay, pay for the pastor, pay for the instrument, like all this yeah. has to do with money, you know, given to the poor. You mm. can't give to anybody if you don't have anything into you. So, me understanding that, you know, led me to create this podcast to inspire you that you don't have to necessarily choose either one. You know, it's, easy, it's possible to do both, but at the same time, you know, you have to be mindful of where your heart is, your intention is that. So your way around the the the, the Timothy thing, the, the the money being evil, your way around that is if you're doing it for the right purpose, it's not evil. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Is there a verse that says that? That says what? If you're doing it for the right purposes, money is fine. Um, in that same in that same chapter, first um Timothy um six, you read from 17, 18, 19, you know, it goes more specifically talking to wealthy people. You know, to make sure your heart is in the right place is making sure that you know your heart is in God. You know, you're trusting God more than you trust your own money. Um, you're given to the poor because being being part of wealth, you know, most people misunderstand it. Being part of wealth is not just for you. It's a responsibility that you owe to society. Like you need to help those, um, those who are not unfortunate. And leading that, yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, economic, yeah. I mean, just common sense. We, we have to have money to keep the economic system going. That's how that works for sure. I mean, we can't pay the pastors or anything like that. So it, I want to take those verses again, the original ones here, Matthew 19, 21, where Jesus says, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess. So sell, sell yeah. what you possess is, I'm not sure why that English is wrong there, and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me, blah, blah, blah. Luke 12 also says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. So it, it says a lot of places. Monetary value is it's, it's only temporary. Yes. So the, the treasure you want is the treasure in heaven. Yes. So how do you get around those things specifically? Is there a verse that says it's okay? Or is this just all your own interpretation? Um, you know, like I start off, you know, with Proverbs 13, um, you know, where it says a dead man leads inheritance for his Right, but, but that's Proverbs. That's Old Testament. Doesn't Jesus trump Old Testament? I mean, he does, but, the, the, you know, the whole Bible is a representation of Christ. It talks about Christ in every chapter of the Bible. I believe that. 
as a Christian and every part of the Bible relates to as a whole, you know, the Bible is complete. It's not one part is contribute over another. Hmm. And even with that same Timothy, you read like 17, 18, you know, Paul specifically talking to the rich people and wealthy people in regards to be mindful of their wealth, you know, not to get so caught up into it, you know, you know, do the necessary things, but at the same time, make sure that God is, as you said, the scripture you quote, um, the two scriptures you quote, you know, the most important thing, you know, whether you're wealthy or you're poor, is that you're focused on Christ. So it's Just not give to the poor, give everything to the poor, all your give possessions, sell your poor. possessions. They give everything to the poor yeah. and um, to give everything to the poor. But go so that kind of contradicts the Proverbs a little bit there. You know, is save some for yourself in Proverbs, but in, in Matthew, it says, give everything to the poor, sell your possessions and give to the needy, sell I mean, what you possess and give to the poor. So I don't think I, I, I guess what you saw my way contradict yourself, but I also feel like it's about there's the mindset behind it. Because oftentimes with wealth, people can get caught, they can get greed with it. You know, you know, that's one of the things that happen when people start to build wealth. You know, they get, it's not, I won't say they build wealth, but the money exposes their greed, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, I believe that money exposes people truly. Sometimes, yeah. Um, so that's why, you know, those scriptures, even that scripture where Christ is talking to the young prince, it's not he's against the young prince having money. It's just mm-hmm. that, that greed and the mindset he has behind it. He has built such a trust in the money that is like, you know, now that he's seeing Christ, you know, something that's worth more money that can give him more, more than what money can, they can give him. He's denying it. And that's what Christ is talking about in those verses that at least I understand Christ is talking about. You're hermeneutics. I love hermeneutics. I love the word. I I love all about it. It's just, it's so much fun. Hermeneutics. It's like, if you read Harry Potter and you come up with a different ending or different, you know, Harry Potter's the evil guy, there's all different ways to read things for sure. So, as far as what, what I'm understanding is, is the Old Testament is still relevant and we and 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 is still God talking to us through the Old Testament, right? Yes. Is there anything in there that you would have an issue with? What do you mean? What have an issue as far as the Old with? Testament? Because because God tells us a lot of things in the Old Testament. Um, stone yeah, homosexuals to death, um, kill witches, burn your daughter if she becomes a prostitute, if you're a priest. God tells us a lot of things in there. So are those things still relevant as far as you're concerned? Um, you know, the two, the two, how I look at the Old Testament and I guess the New Testament, you know, I follow two commandments, which Jesus said, you know, love your neighbor, love God, love God with all your heart and love uh-huh. your neighbor as yourself. And I feel right. like that kind of summarized, you know, the Ten Commandments. I feel like you're buying those two laws, you also be abiding by the Ten Commandments. So that's my perspective on that. There's over 600 laws, though. We're not just talking about the 10 ones. There's yeah, all I'm kinds saying, of them. For me, yeah. For me, that's the way I simplify um, Christianity for myself. You know, following, you know, the, those two laws. You know, okay. he said those are the two greatest laws that you can have, that you can follow. So that's what I do. Love your neighbor as yourself and, and, and God as well. So in loving God, aren't following his rules part of the whole loving thing? Loving him? Yes, sir. And you can love your neighbor even though they're sinful and deserve punishment, correct? Yes. So wouldn't it just be self-explanatory if you loved your neighbor and they were a witch, killing them would be the loving thing to do, correct? Yes. Killing, yeah, killing, killing is a sin. Murder is a sin. I don't think you followed me there. So if God instructs it, though, is it still murder? You said what? If God instructs you to murder somebody, because of their sinful acts is that still murder 
Man, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not, wouldn't be sure if God would tell me to do that. That's why, that's why, that's well, why he does I so in the Old Testament. He wants you to, you know, slaughter witches, burn prostitutes if they're a priest's daughter, stone disobedient children to death, homosexuals, people that don't believe in God, people that believe other gods. All this stuff is in the Old Testament. These are, mm -hmm. these are things that God commands. And, and in order for you to show your love to God and follow his rules, wouldn't that necessary, necessarily follow that? So I feel like the, those are rules that they had to abide by to, to help separate them from those who are around. So these uh, are, and for me personally, uh, that's something I will have to get more into detail about. To like, so I can't necessarily speak yeah. in regards to those part of the thing. And I don't want to give my own interpretation without actually diving in those part of the Bible scriptures. Great answer. Thank you, Demi. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of people will just try and defend it regardless if they've read it or not. I appreciate you actually wanting to look more into it. That's awesome. Um, the law itself, um, from what I see in the Bible, I, I've done a little bit of research. I've, I've wrote a little book there. Um, so in Matthew, Jesus, Jesus specifically tells us for truly, I tell you until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So what I'm getting out of that is Jesus still wants us to follow those old laws where we're stoning things, that this is loving to him. These are the loving acts. These are, he says several times that the laws are perfect, holy, righteous, and good. But I don't see that as a loving thing. But to Jesus... In Yahweh, it's different because you yeah. know, we're just mere humans. Who are we to understand? So how do you take those, those verses, though, when Jesus actually specifically says to follow the old laws? Um, what I will say is, for anyone that's listening, to definitely use wisdom hmm. um, with everything in terms of how we interpret the Bible and making sure we follow it. Because um, one thing that came to mind while you were saying that is a story of the prostitute that Christ was trying to, um, when they, the prophets, the, the Pharisees brought right. for him to, and he's like, you know, whoever, whoever is here that does not have a log in their eye, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sitting in their heart, log in their eye, all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can even see with that, you know, they were trying to, the, the Pharisee was trying to have Jesus in a hand, like, you know, headlock or something of that sort, but he used wisdom. He used wisdom to deal with that situation. So that's what I will say to anybody um, to use wisdom. You know, pray for wisdom and to use wisdom. Definitely use wisdom. Don't stone people to death. It's not a good idea. That's not a loving act. Um, but Jesus himself actually says to the Pharisees, he, he, he scolds them for not stoning children to death. Mark 7, 8 through 10. Uh, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to traditions of men, which means you must follow the traditions of God because they're holding on to truth. So that makes sense. Uh, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. These are Jesus's words. He's scolding people for not stoning disobedient children, for making up their own laws, making up their own rules. So what I see here is Jesus, Yahweh, same person, advocating for the stoning of children, the stoning of prostitutes, the stoning of, uh, well, not so much prostitutes, but the, uh, people who pick up sticks on the Sabbath day, disobedient children, um, 
witches, homosexuals, stuff like that. So I don't see anywhere where it tells me not to do that. And I think that's half my problem there. There's a lot of problems, but <laughs> I think like half my problem there is it tells me to follow these Old Testament laws, which I don't think are very awesome. So how, how do you figure that? Um, I, I guess my answer is going to go back to wisdom because you know, I haven't studied, hmm. you know, these different laws and I don't want to give my own interpretation. No, good. Thank you. Laws. So that's why I would keep on saying, you know, it's, the, it's, it's mindful um, to use wisdom because even yeah, with, um, when Christ said, you know, if your eyes causing you sin to, to log it out, you know, that could, you can take it literally, hmm. you know, take a fork or a knife to take do it. <laughs> or you could take it figuratively and, you know, you avoid certain sins or temptation. You wouldn't go to certain places. You wouldn't go to certain areas. You wouldn't hang out with certain people, hmm. you know, that will lead you to feeling comfortable in a certain sin that will take you away from God. So it all goes back to wisdom and, you know, trusting God, and not trusting yourself trusting god so have just curiosity have you read the entire bible no i have not read the entire bible so do you trust in god i do trust in god why do you trust in have you read you haven't read his whole book you don't his whole story to you to understand him but you trust him so why, why do you trust him um i trust god because of my different experiences that he has brought me through um whether okay. it's still um high school um just even with the candy situation just to finish that story i actually got suspended for it and just the fact that i was still able to get opportunity to go to school huh. um you know that was definitely i can't say it's me or anything that i did because i didn't think it was opportunity after that um especially my senior year of college, senior year of high school you know going through um the loss of my grandma and not having anyone to really speak to and just how God sent different people. Well, how do you just, know it was God sending those people and those people weren't there just because they wanted to be a part of your life or help you out or saw you struggle? Um, you know? I say it was God because, you know, you know, God is a God of love. You know, he doesn't, you know, tends I don't to know like, that, but go ahead. And I believe that God is a God of love. Uh -huh. Um, that he loves, that he loves, that he loves people. Um, and, you know, he's not one to, you know, he wouldn't want us to have unbitterness in our heart. You know, that's not something as a Christian to huh. be bitter, to have unforgiveness in your heart. Um, so having those, and I understand that, you know, God's way will always challenge the human behavior, you know, because naturally we are, it's easy to hold unbitterness. It's easier to not forgive someone. So I believe. Is it that, though? I mean, there's that nagging, just, mm, I should have forgave that person. I should just go apologize to me. I, I just, it's not easier. It's not easier to, to do that, but I mean, some, everybody's different for sure. Um, you talked about unforgiveness in the heart. Do you think that yeah. God has any unforgiveness in his heart? I think God, God, God is a forgiving God. I, I have Mark three. Just, I would love for you to go through the Bible and read it hundred percent from beginning to end. There's so much in there. Um, Mark 3 29 Matthew 12 32 and Luke 12 10 all say that there is unforgivable sins and the unforgivable sin is whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven so does that mean that God himself has unforgiveness in his heart um like I said that's something I would have to go over like I've heard of, heard of scripture once or then you know like that's one of the like highest sins. just like people will say the same thing as homo homosexuality hmm. as a sin that you know people, a lot of people like to pick on but there's different sins that we all go through that it doesn't make it right at all that's what i would say just the same things 
you know, using God's name, blaspheming, and saying God said you to say this or that is this big sin. And you can, as you read, you know, as a sin that's being unforgivable. So I can, you know, honestly, if you blasphemed me or my ghost that I don't believe I have one, but if, if I, if I did believe I had one and you blasphemed it, I can still forgive you. So wh why would Yahweh choose to have unforgiveness on his heart for such a silly thing, just blaspheming his ghost? I mean, I, I believe, you know, God, I think it said in, in Exodus that he's a jealous God. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just knowing that, you know, someone that creates you, just like your parents or someone that like you have that relationship that you created something and now they're not giving that respect or that love that you deserve. You will get upset. You will get annoyed. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a normal human being. I'm not an all-powerful, perfect deity. And that's what's different. It's weird for this all-powerful, perfect loving being to get jealous and then what's he say about his jealousy what's he do how how does he act on it he punishes children that's what he says several times he, he jealous god who punishes children for the sins of their father he punishes the innocent and we've seen it several times in there that the, the flood bathsheba and, and david's kid um all, all the all the uh the firstborn of egypt disgusting I mean, I, I couldn't get behind somebody that slaughters children, especially out of jealousy. Holy cow, what a ridiculous reason to slaughter children. And then he can't even forgive me for blaspheming his ghost. There's, a, there's, a, there's so much in there, Dommy, that Dommy, 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 that, uh, that just doesn't add up for me. And, and I have a, I'm reading it from beginning to end. You, you, you take note on all the things that this perfect being says and does. It just doesn't add up to perfect or loving. I mean, the Passover, for instance, you, you think that happened, right? Yeah, I do. So what, where's the loving part in the entire story? Um, the Passover, and told me what he, he told the, the angel of death was walking and those who didn't have this, this stain of blood was killed. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Well, it, it wasn't actually the angel of death. If you read it, it was actually Yahweh himself that came down and killed these children in their sleep. Why? Because their parents didn't have blood on a doorway. I mean, it was disobedience. That's why I would say disobedience to lead to this have consequence. That's why I would the say. death of your child. Do you think that's a loving act? If you disobey me, I'm going to kill your kid. Do you think that's a loving I, act? I don't think that's a loving act. But you know, the Bible does says you know God's way is different from my own ways. Yeah, it doesn't so, make much sense though, does it? I mean, it doesn't have to make sense to us, you know. It does I mean, have to make sense. Dami, if I'm going to believe in something, it has to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. You know, sometimes, you know, God do things that doesn't make sense to us right now. But the more you learn, the more you read yeah. you know, the Bible, the more you get to know him, you experience him. Yeah. You know, different things will make sense. 100% the more you read. Dami, 100% the more you read is the more I understand his character. And, and that's, yeah. yeah, that's where I'm having the issue, though is the more I read, the more I see his monstrous abilities and his, his, his attributes. I mean, bloodshed for forgiveness, Hebrews 9.22, this is New Testament. Yahweh requires bloodshed in order to forgive people. Are you okay forgiving people without bloodshed? Yes. You're not a perfect loving being, but I can see me and you. We just forgive people. If somebody comes to us and they're sincerely sorry, I'll forgive them. I don't know. I'm sure you would too. Yeah. But, but the God you worship, the God you're advocating for, needs bloodshed in order for that to happen. I can't think of any rational, loving being that would require 
bloodshed for forgiveness. I don't see that. Is there any circumstance that would make sense other than the the the, the Christian story that makes sense to you? I mean, I believe I believe that you know God is real. You know, um, and, and you know Christ. I believe is, you believe that, yeah. Christ died for us, and, and like I said, you know, there's certain parts in the Bible that I haven't completely read. Yeah, yeah. And you know, with more, you know, with much knowledge comes more responsibility. Whoa! So Whoa! With great power comes great responsibility. Aunt May, Uncle Ben, you know, the the the, the real prophets here so <laughs> i gotta ask though you haven't read the full bible there's a lot you don't understand which is totally okay i'm okay with that 100 i mean there's a lot i don't understand um so why are you a christian though? what what made you decide to follow this this specific religion um well maybe, maybe it's a great question um like i said different experiences i've had you know um interacting um i believe that god was you know speaking to me you know whether it was um, in high school, college, just getting me through tough situations, um, you know, that I couldn't figure a way to get out, you know, it only made sense for it to be a God that helped me, you know, a God, you know, that helped me get through these things, you know, there's certain rules in the Bible, and I don't say certain rules, but a lot of rules in the Bible, you know, for Ten Commandments, you know, to the first two things, I feel like, you know, as a person, if you believe in you, you know, allow God to help you abide by these rules, you can have a more peaceful life. You know, I but, found but why do you attribute that to, to Yahweh specifically or Jesus specifically? Why not any other invisible being that could send feelings? Um, the reason why I don't attribute to that um, is a great question. I feel like it has to do with much of my background and my culture and how mm -hmm. I was raised, you know, me. So you're raised Christian and that's why you're a Christian. I was raised Christian. Interesting. Uh, so it was indoctrinated into you as, as a young kid. If you were raised, yeah. you know, is Islamic or Buddhist, do you think that that would have attributed to your beliefs as well? Um, I, I will say it possibly could, but at the same time, I would say it won't because, you know, I did have, I had questions that, mm -hmm. you know, while growing up, you know, as a Christian, it's questions that I, and, you know, the people that I was able to go to, they was able to give me answers, you know, Christians, right? The Christians, it was giving yeah. me to get answers and, you know, provide scriptures, you know, provide a context for me to continue on to this faith. You know, there's always going to be questions that we're going to have as Christians. Um, but like, you know, it has to do with more of you reading, more of you actually taking, taking time to hmm. research. Because oftentimes yeah. I find that people will just take a scripture or take a verse and just run with it. 100%. There's bad arguments out there, but I'm going to let you know right now, I've done my research. I've no, 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 no. I'm yeah, not. read into all these. There's no yeah. way other, no way around it. That's what it is. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying you specifically. I'm just saying yeah. for, in general that people have, people do that. People have to have a tendency yeah. of doing that. And for me, you know, as me, my journey, my faith, you know, I'm not in a rush, you know, when I do hopefully, you know, one day I can say I read the whole Bible, but you know, going at the pace of just understanding where I'm at and not, you know, um, getting so caught up because oftentimes you will get caught up in trying to chase after knowledge, trying to chase after power or whatever, whether it's money, and sometimes they can lose themselves um, well, or go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, well, let's take I'm the cheese for the, the moon, for instance. If, if, I if I read the certain things that said the moon was made out of cheese, there mm -hmm. are things that say that. Yeah. But if I didn't go further into the research, 
I wouldn't know that the moon is actually not made out of cheese. I mean, it's that, actually that, rock. So that's, that's kind of what I see was happening right now with you. You've got your culture around you. Everybody's Christian. You've got the book. You've read the nice, happy Jesus parts, but you haven't read the full thing yet. You haven't done the full research on what the moon is actually made out of. Mm. That's where I see. That's what I see is going on. So to you, the moon is out of cheese. To you, God is real and he's a loving God, but you haven't read all of his stories yet about how he's not so loving. You didn't get the I jealous have, part, have, which is I interesting. I have read stories. I have um, me not reading the whole, but I have read stories um, where people have gotten, you know, the story of when the true disciples, you know, lied to Paul huh. and the Holy Spirit within Paul and pronounced that. That's a very ter- terrifying story to hear. Or the guy that touched the um the ark or the, i guess the what it's called when it's moving um the ark and he died you know he got struck dead oh the ark of the covenant yeah 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 so i have read all these different stories and well familiar with all these different stories yeah but like i said there's still you know i haven't spent so much time in deuteronomy there uh they told me um as much as you know i know like there's like those numbers you know like, deuteronomy numbers deuteronomy, genesis numbers yeah. or, those things, you know, I have read chapters in Genesis, you know, I have, so it's like, you know, like I'm saying, everyone, I feel like as, depending on where you are in life, hmm. and where you, um, and where you think, you know, you spend certain time in certain practices of the Bible, certain times you would, you would do other things, so it just depends on where you are, you know, I have read Proverbs twice in the past, you know, past hmm. years, um, you know, I read different books, you know, because that's where the season I'm in, yeah, you know, the yeah. reason I'm in is going to make that's why, you know, I would hear, I feel like God is speaking to me through those different chapters. Um, mm. So that's how I look at it. I have read Revelation um, to a certain extent. Ooh, um, that's a fun read. one. You said what? I said, that's a fun one. That's a fun read, Revelation. There's <laughs> a fun one. It does bring up a lot of questions um, regarding, the, regarding the fate. Um, yeah, and, how do stars and, fall to the earth? That's a big one right there. How so do like, stars fall to the earth? <laughs> so that's how i view it and even with that and i'm just saying you no know, i'm just talking from my personal experience mm-hmm. you know you know when i was really trying to get into it, trying to learn as much everything as possible i realized that i was losing focus on the main thing mm-hmm. and, the, and the main thing for me is christ you know and i feel like that's that's what could happen to people when you get so caught up and trying to learn every single thing, understand every single passage, every single verse. The entire story. I want to understand the entire story 100%. Even its roots. And, and that's one of the things, too, is the Bible and Earth. It's a great book. It tells you the roots of the Bible as well. It helps you understand these people and where they yeah. came from. Uh, but uh, as far as personal experience, um, I kind of want to dive into that for you as well. Have you actually experienced Yahweh or Jesus? Yeah, I, I could I could definitely say, you know, I could say how that. do you know for sure it was Yahweh or Jesus? The reason why I can say it was Yahweh is, is, is you know, like I said, you know, it's important um as um Christian or young Christian as you're growing to have Christian mentors around you. Um, you know, and so that's why I do like so let's say I have a dream mm-hmm. or something, you know, I don't, you know, I understand dreams could be, you can have your own personal dreams. Hermeneutics you know. of your own dream. Yeah. Yeah. You can, um, you could also have like, you know, something and something happened or something, you know, someone says something, someone interact with somebody and they, you know, the devil, you know, make you have certain dreams or something because out of fear, you know, fear is, is, is something that can have people have bad dreams, you know, mm-hmm. 
So and good bad always- mustard too. <laughs> but you, and you I gotta also, laugh. <laughs> and you also have God, you know, who does, you know, use drinks to speak to his people to, you know, to warn you about different situations too. Um, How do you know to, it's not Satan sending you a warning? How do you know the difference between your God? How do you know it's not Gandhi or or, or Spider Man? I mean, how do you know specifically it's your God? The reason why I know it specifically is Christ because of the people that I surround myself, my pastors. You because know, somebody else me. told you so. It's not. It's not. Not somebody told me so. But let's say, for example, if I have a dream that this is so so. This is going to happen, or whatever is going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. and if somebody else have that same similar dream. Or, you know, in the church or something, uh-huh. you know, it has, it gives me that confidence. Okay. Yes. What I'm thinking, what I'm saying, or what I'm thinking, or what I dream about is true. And, you know, Could you Satan know, so, send multiple way- dreams? Could Satan dream the same dream for you and it's somebody else? Does Satan have that power? I mean, I, 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 will, I will believe, you know, that, that will have people that he used. So I will say that. And I, what? What I, I said, the devil can use people in oh, different yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, and what I said, you know, even if, you know, something does sound vicious to me, you know, that's why we have the Bible to go back to, you know, to read, to read and confirm. Such as Job. Different... Job, you read Job? I have, I have read, I have read Job's story. I have a familiar story. I haven't read the whole book of it, but I'm very familiar gotcha. with the story. Well, in the beginning, it starts off with Satan and Yahweh having a conversation. And Yahweh yes. is all proud about Job. He's so proud of Job. He tells Satan, he says, there's no one quite like him nothing that'll happen he'll he'll never stop worshiping me no matter what happens and satan says oh yeah let me at him and let's see god the all-knowing loving god says okay go ahead destroy his family kill his children kill his servants go ahead i will allow this to happen even though god knows in the end exactly what's going to happen job's going to continue to follow him so how do you know that yahweh your loving god is not just letting satan do things to you or send you delusions or how do you know Yahweh's not sending you delusions in the bible several times he sends people powerful delusions so that they will believe a lie like there's so I many mean, questions like how do you know he's he's got your best intentions at heart how do you know it's not satan how do you know it's not Yahweh letting satan do it cuz satan is the ruler of this world Yahweh gave him the power to be king of this planet so how do you know it's not any of those things? And how do you know it's for the benefit of you? It's a lot there. I'm sorry. I'm just throwing it out there. But it's just so confusing how you've got it. You know, it's it's Jesus. But at the same time, it could be a million different things. I mean, just even with the story of Job, you know, or just even in general, you know, I, you know, I believe God can create both good and evil. You know, wow. as I believe God, God created the devil and then, um, and from my understanding, is that you know God is not? I think it says in the Bible that God wouldn't tempt you or something. You can't say more God. than your ability. Yeah, more than your ability. So I understand that. And you know, me saying God is loving does not mean that every single day or every moment in my life was going to be a happy moment. Everything's going to be skyrocket. That's not you know. First of all, that's you know outside of Christianity, that's not even how you grow as a human being. You know, no, you have to have dip- definitely don't have easy lives. But does does Yahweh no. cause these problems or does the no, devil? No, I don't, cause I don't them? think. I don't, I don't think it's because, you know, you're Christian, you're, you know, you're, you don't experience all these different things, you know, we're human, it's, you know, we're going to experience death, we're going to experience all these different things, other people, just the way we go about it, you know, the way we um, find reassurance, you know, and knowing that no matter what happened, no matter what suffering, no matter what pain that we're going, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when all comes to end, 
you know, we're all going to rise back in, in the reign with God, you know, as it, as it not says. All, you know, well, I mean, not, not all of us, those, those, those believers and yeah, those who believe and those who have made relationship and, you know, have made that um, commitment to God, you know, who have dedicated their life at the end of their life, you know, they will make that transition to heaven. You know, we will spend the rest of our time, you know, there won't be no more peace. There, there won't be no, there won't be no more crying. There will be no more yeah, um, yeah. mourning, all these different things, you know. And or sunlight or, or, or darkness, sorry, because it's all sunlight. Darkness, all the light comes you know, from all these yeah. different things. And this is what gives me the reassurance that no matter what I face, no matter, you know, losing people, losing family members, you know, losing job opportunities, you know, things are not going my way. I understand that all this doesn't really matter. What should matter, like you said, I think you quote the scripture, you know, earlier that the treasures the in heaven the treasures is in heaven you know so, why, do you, yeah i thank you thank you for that do you think that yahweh sends us these trials and errors or is it from the devil or does yahweh allow the devil to do it let's just go with kids with cancer right off the bat does yahweh give kids cancer and there's a lot that don't make it there's some that are prayed for by entire communities, pastors and whatnot that still don't make it. They suffer and die. These children suffer and die. What do you think is going on in those situations? Um, I mean, what I can say is that, you know, there's a lot of things that God do that we won't understand. And um, I believe just, you know, because, so, you know, that's a, that's a very tough question. I'm not trying to get my own personal then hmm. on it. But I would say that, you know, it just happens to be life. Even the story, I think the one chapter in the Bible where um, I think it was a child that was sick and the disciples asked him, you know, whether it was his parents' mm -hmm. fault or whatever thing, you know, Jesus Christ, it was because of the will of God. You know, the will of God for each one of us is different. You know, the different mm -hmm. is different. But like I said, you know, as a Christian, you know, no matter how much hardship we may face or how much cruelty we may face in this world, at the end of the day, you know, if you're truly committed to Christ, you're truly committed to loving him and things that sort and obeying his laws, you know, you know, at the end of the day, end of your life, you'll be rewarded. You know, all this, all this hardship, you know, once you make it to heaven, wouldn't matter because you will have internally to spend peacefully, joyfully, all the wonderful things as you as the stated in Revelation. I believe that's in Revelation where it states that. So suffer here on earth because Yahweh wants you to suffer. And then you're fine afterwards. Is that we're going? Does no, Yahweh not, want I'm, you to I'm, suffer here on earth? Does He cause I'm, that I'm not, suffering? I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that God wants you know, suffering is a thing that everyone has to do. But I'm saying you know, even with that same situation that I mentioned, you know, you can't question God's will for anybody. You know, what is God wills for you to be this or that? You know, you have to accept it. You have to have the faith. No, I can and I will. I will question 100%. 2 Samuel 12, 15. <laughs> 2 Samuel 12, 15. Yahweh struck the child that Bathsheba had born to David and became ill. 12, 18. On the seventh day, the child died. Yahweh I mean, killed a kid. Yes. I mean, punished yes. the parents. I mean, like you, like you said earlier, you know, God will punish people up to the fourth generation or third generation. Yes, yes. So it's just, like I said, it goes, it's like, you know, this Christian walk, this Christian journey is not easy. You're going to face trials and tribulations. You're going to face ups and downs. You're going to lose parents. You're going to lose all these different things, lose your job, lose money, lose your house, you know, become homeless. You all know. because Yahweh wants it. 
all because of Yahweh wants it. Or you may, you know, there's other, there's also benefits to it. You know, it's not always, it's not all a one side fit all where everyone goes through some type of, some people go through some trial, trial, then go to some type of achievement. So it depends on what God's will for you is. And it's, it's important as Christians to understand God's will. So you don't have false expectation of how life is supposed to be for you. What you know, if I think his will is monstrous? I mean, I I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say besides, you know, you just have to find peace and, you know, trust that God. I got lots of peace. I don't, I don't have Jesus or Yahweh though, and I still have lots of peace. Second Samuel twelve fifteen is telling me that Yahweh has punished David and Bathsheba for their sin by striking a child with a sickness. That child suffered for seven days, and then he killed it. Why did that child have to suffer? Well, it tells us why he had to suffer because the enemies of Yahweh showed utter contempt. So because the enemies of Yahweh showed contempt towards Yahweh, the loving God that you worship said, I need to strike this child with an illness so that it suffers for seven days and then dies. That was his best idea he could come up with to justify that situation. Do you think me and you could come up with a better idea than striking a child with sickness that it suffers from and then dies? Do you think, you know, do you think that's a loving choice? I mean, what, what I can say and what I believe, you know, yeah, yeah I'm not, um, you know, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, for, uh, I don't, I'm going to paraphrase know the plans, it. yeah. The plan, God knows the plans he has for you. That's the plans he has for you, you know, and that's the way, you know. It's a tough rap, have, dude. <laughs> not everyone's going to have, uh, oh, my God, Cinderella, you know, Hollywood yeah. kind of movie or kind of ending, but in all, no, it's trusting God that he would get you through this whole process, you know. He didn't he get, get that kid through anything. He, he he struck that kid with a sickness so it would die. I mean, we all, we all I mean, that's, that's what, at least, yes, he did struck the kid, but I'm just saying, just to keep it in general, as then, you know, that's it's important true. to trust God in everything with your life and everything that you do. Even though he slaughters kids for pointless reasons. I can't, man. I can't get behind something like that. I, I, I'm sorry. I will not bow down to a documented child killer. I never can. That's it's something that just it just my empathy, my morality will not allow me to do such a horrible thing. The kids in the Bible. What do you? Well, let's go with it. Me, atheist. I don't believe. I grew up in the church. I asked for some kind of sign, reveal yourself, anything, speak to me, talk to me, show me yourself. Nothing. Nothing ever happened. Read the Bible. That's where my issues really began was when I read the Bible. Um, so in the Bible, it says somebody who doesn't believe me is destined for hell for eternity. Do you think that's a loving act? I mean, I want, I want, I want, I will say this, you know, and this will be, I want to keep going back and forth, but um, I understand that um, based on everyone's different experience, you know what is in the church or outside of the church it will it helps in terms of understanding you know whether you believe god is real or god doesn't you know fortunate for me you know i was able to experience different trials different um experiences that has led me to believe that there is a god that has let me believe that you know once i lived leave this earth you know there's a place heaven and hell is real you know it has led me to believe that no matter what hardship I face here, at the end of the day, as long as I believe and trust in God, and you know, I will have all these benefits of you know spending time with Christ. So that's, that's all fine and dandy for you, though. 
But what about me, who he hasn't revealed himself to? You know, I mean, what, what Saul, I the say, Saul the Paul moment. Saul was on the road to Damascus, and Jesus actually showed up physically, showed up. Well, what, what I can say, ghost thing, but yeah. is that you know, if you do want to know more about Christ, you do want to, um, you know, find out more about God, know who God is. Is definitely, you know, pray. You know, do read the Bible. Read the Bible. Why would you pray? What What good is that going to do? Is he going to talk to you that way? I, I was I was trying to get to, I was trying to finish saying that Sorry, pray, um, you know pray is important you know, pray that God reveals Himself as well and yeah. while you're praying is important to read the Bible it's important to um, you know the Bible talks about finding godly counsel you know seek people you know who can who are more advanced who are more experienced in the faith you know who can help encourage you and inspire you while you're going through this because this this is not a journey that you just go in on your own and just then there's a lot of questions you would face, you know, um, a lot of different things that wouldn't make sense to you. But once you have, you know, you pray, you're reading, you're surrounding yourself with godly counsel. I feel like you will come yeah. to understanding. For yourself. That's what I've been told too. I've been told that my whole life, man, hundred percent. Jeremiah 33, three tells you call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I called, there was no answer. I called again. There was still no answer. I called for years, not an answer. You know what I got? Happy, joy feelings from songs and, and messages I, I, I thought were inspirational. I can get the same thing from a movie, a book, or, or music. None of that points to your God specifically, and that's the problem that I had. He never showed up. I never had my road to Damascus moment. He never came to me. He never sent an angel. He never sent himself. None of that. And the Bible tells me quite the opposite thing. If I call, if I ask, he will show me. It says so several places. All I have to do is ask in prayer. And, it, and it'll happen. And, and, and that's quite the opposite of what I've seen and experienced in my life. So does Yahweh's plan for me end up with me in hell because he doesn't want to show himself to me? Is that his plan for me? I mean, what I can say, like, you know, I already stated, you know, I don't want to keep going back and forth is that, you know, we all have our different experiences, um, you know, with believing or not believing. As for me personally, all I can say is I believe. And I believe because of my experience that I believe that, you know, God guided me through it. And that's all That's all I can say. I can't speak on your behalf or your experience or for anything sure. that's going for sure, um, no, we can't speak, speak for each other's experiences. But what um, I'm seeing with your experiences, you haven't actually seen him either. He hasn't actually come down and said hello either. I mean, I mean, there's different ways God communicate. Different ways um, God communicates. This all-powerful being sends you feelings and and thoughts, but He won't show Himself. You know, that's that's just that's just the way you know I have experience, and this is why I continue to believe in Christ through my different experience, through my different interactions, um, and my understanding, and you know. That's all I can. That's all I can say. Understandable. Well, I appreciate your time today. We're about out here. Um, the only advice I can give you 100% is pick up your Bible and read it. And once you're done reading it, let me know, and then we'll talk. Go ahead and uh, take the last word. And, and uh, where can we find your stuff? Um, so I want to say thank you again for the opportunity. For those who are listening, you guys can find me anywhere on Instagram or any social media platform, Wealth in Christ. Um, and if you guys want to learn more about how you can build generation wealth, you know, build your wealth without compromising your faith. 
you can definitely find me on any on these platforms, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter. But thank you again. Absolutely, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your answers and your patience. Take care, and uh, we'll keep in touch, man. And that's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? also want to touch back real quick here on the fact that my kids are atheists my kids don't believe in god okay my oldest is eight years old do you think he deserves hell yeah yeah i do that pisses me off more than anything i've ever had a conversation with anybody i am sorry ethan wow you it pisses me off too i'm I'm right there with you i I, dude i I am so mad my kids deserve hell I deserve no, hell. Ethan. Yeah, God. I do. Yep. Yep. We all no, do. There no, no. There has never been a person. I liked you, Ethan. I, just, I liked you until you just said my kid deserves eternal punishment. Whoo! Yeah, I know. I know. That's a toughie. I, I'm. I, I'm with you. I hate it too. And you worship this God. Yeah. And you're okay with that? Well, why? What? Why you're okay with my God? eight-year-old? I'm, I'm gonna lose my shit. You're okay with? I'm sorry. You're gonna. You're okay yeah. with my eight-year-old child suffering for eternity because he doesn't believe in somebody? I'm not okay with it, but that doesn't make it any less true. And and, and, and you're gonna and, still worship the guy that sets it up, the guy that does it. You're still gonna worship that guy. Yeah. Man, Ethan, yeah. you're going to worship the guy that wants to torture my child forever. Man. Holy shenanigans, Ethan. Not wants to. Not wants to, though, is the thing. If he didn't want to, he would show up. Let's dive into that before I lose my crap.